This week on the season three opener of Not Sauce for Work, Terry Tam is co-hosting, Eagle is producing. We discuss the spectrum of mental illness in the NFL, we fix college football, and Pittsburgh says farewell to Big Ben. We will get into these topics and much more on this episode of Not Sauce for Work on the Hot Sauce Sports Podcast Network. Welcome, everyone. You are listening to and perhaps watching Not Sauce Work. I'm your host, Pease Del Riz. As mentioned, I am joined by Terry Tam and the Eagle of Master Control. Um, how's it going, Terry? It's good. You know, uh, back from the holidays, from the most overrated holiday of all time, New Year's Eve. It's great. You know, it's great. Merry Christmas to everybody. Hey, thanks. And uh, I think we did this. I think we did our own, like, we exchanged uh, pleasantries during the holidays. But Happy New Year, man. Yeah. <laughs> It's the first time I see your face in 2022. It's true. First face, uh, face full of 2022. We are unfortunately uh, back to some regulations, which has pushed us back into doing the show uh, from remote. We do have some changes. You might see us from remote more often, but the good news is you're going to be seeing us more often. Uh, so that's uh, all in good time. You'll see that unfolding as it happens. Um, I had an intro planned, but we're running short on time. And now this is really going to piss Eagle off because he's not ready for it. It's time for the news. Are you ready? Ah, Terry, it's the news for uh, as we start 2022. We, um, we didn't even do a shout out to our graphite for the brand new look and feel for the show. I mean, I know it's because we're so pressed, but honestly, graphite. Couldn't you just do like thirty seconds to be like, "Hey, shout out to our graphic designer Dave who did all this seconds. stuff." Jesus, <laughs> I can't last that long. Um, graphite Duke, honestly, no, it's it's a great look, of course, as always. Uh, yeah, new season, new look, um, and uh, here we are. The new colors are these ones because I don't know for certain what colors they are. I think it's green and black. It's, it's, very uh, green. it's a yeah. It's a lime and black. This is like the original color. This is the this is yeah. a, like our actual hot sauce sports color. I like it. I thought I you were gonna like talk it. for longer. That's why I said water. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like I like I like this one a little bit better than the the one before. The other one's nice too. Like the one we had right before this season two was like darker green, but this is more our style, more colorful. Yeah. I like I like the the bright colors. Uh, I always like that we have a, a semi sort of Miami Vice kind of vibe with the neons. Um, kind of, I just like that look. Um, so <laughs> we have an interesting situation. We had a huge conversation all day long throughout our text chain, and I'm sure every group of friends in their text chain has a similar thing. We all saw Antonio Brown. Uh, we won't even show the clip because everyone's seen it by this point. Antonio Brown blows up, um, leaves the game, uh, pieces out, and then the shitstorm happens. He takes to social media. He drops. Uh, a track he blames Bruce Arians Bruce Arians blames Antonio Brown um, from what I can discern Terry this is what I think happened and you, you tell me um, your your opinion on that in terms of what happened on the actual field because um, we're not doctors right I think we we're need not to doctors. we're not we doctors need to clarify and, this well there's also like so um, 
I worked in a field related to uh, mental wellness for a while, uh, but I'm not a psychologist, and and I um, don't. I, I feel uncomfortable when people say, "Well, that's clearly mental illness or whatnot." I do think there are aspects of this that, because it's not a standard reaction, um, there are components of this that perhaps mental illness played a role. I also think, because so far the internet's divided into two camps. People think A B is a piece of shit. Other people saying. This is clearly mental illness. He could be someone who is a piece of shit, who is struggling with mental illness. And I think that somewhere in that spectrum is is what we're seeing. Because this is a guy who kicked a guy in the face on a kick return. This is a guy who faked, you know, uh, vaccine vaccine status. This is a person who threw a who sexually assaulted a woman, who threw chairs and, and furniture out of a window recklessly. Um, he's shown disregard for teammates over and over and over again. Um, but Again, it's it's not it's so untypical for so atypical for this to happen that we've literally never seen a player take off his pads and jersey and leave in the middle of a game before. I so actually thought about this. Is it the first time that that's actually happened where a player's done that? The closest I can remember is LeBron taking off his Cavs jersey right before he went to Miami, like before getting to the locker room, had already taken the jersey off. But that was still after the game. Yeah, and like this is close to like Patrick Waugh. Yeah, like letting – that's a good comp, actually, letting in, like, the goals yeah. and stuff. And um, So on the sideline, apparently, Antonio Brown expressed that he was injured. I think what was happening was this. Based on the, based on what I've read from both sides, he's not happy with how the game is going, not happy that he's not getting the ball. He says, well, I'm not getting the ball anyway, and um, I'm not 100%, so I'm not going back in. Um, unprofessional. Then Coach Bruce Arians says on the spot, well, you're done here, leave. Also unprofessional. So uh, it's just, it's, it's a situation when that exacerbated, got completely out of control, and here we are. And everyone is talking about that situation. And then under the under the gun, we see, sorry, not under the gun, but under, the, uh, under this foil, we see a story leak out that uh, Calvin Ridley and the Falcons are talking about potentially parting ways and looking for a new start uh, before, from each other. Before, before we start pointing the finger at Bruce Arians and, and Alex Guerrero and – is that his name? Alex Guerrero and the doctor? Tom well, doctor. I think – isn't it Dr. Guerrero in like quotations because he's yeah, not he's a like, doctor? He's like a, he's like a personal he, trainer. He's a steroid right? dealer to Tom Brady who allows him to play into his 40s. He's a Botox dealer is what he is. Yeah, that uh, too. That too, definitely. <laughs> no, but like it's – we. We have to understand A.B. and you have to look at the things that he's done throughout his career, okay? Remember when um, he called the police to his house? Like after that whole thing with Oakland happened Mm -hmm. and he called the police to his house and then the police come and he tells them, get the fuck out of my place. Like he's recording himself yelling at the police. The police are like, you called us. Yeah. So you're telling us to leave when you called us here. So we have to understand the mentality of Tony O'Brien. He's probably the worst communicator in the history of sports. The guy does it's not about- communicate his emotions well. It's clear. No. And 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 that's the thing is uh, and and you know and one thing we're seeing often is well if he's if he's you know struggled with mental uh, mental health then why hasn't uh, he talked about it? Why hasn't he uh, gone to see? Anybody? A, we don't know if he's going to see anybody. B, there are lots of people who are undiagnosed, and it's not their obligation to disclose that information to to us. And even if he would have, it's not someone who communicates well. One thing I thought of when this happened, Terry, is I'm a Dolphins fan, right? So when Ricky Williams quit uh, football, 
basically by smoking a joint the morning of a planned, like the NFL gave me every warning, like, listen, Ricky, we know you smoke, just know that you have a test, this, have a drug test this day. And then, like, he blew off and he took off to India and, you know, rediscovered himself. Um, Ricky Williams has since talked about how he w- he didn't know how to quit football. It was not in him to play anymore. And he just didn't know how to quit. And he found ways to sabotage himself. Because mm. all he had known from the age of, like, eight years old is play football. This is who I am. This is who I am. This is who I am. And then Antonio Brown, the one thing I will say, the one thing he posted in all the madness that actually made me stop and think about it a little bit was – when he said something effective, football is what we do, it's not who we are. And I said, well, that's kind of the thing that Ricky Williams experienced. But the difference is, Ricky, Ricky Williams didn't have this long tenure of being a horrible human being. You know what I mean? Like, people genuine, genuinely like Ricky Williams. He seems to be someone who's uh, a kind soul and a nice person. Um, and, and that doesn't seem to be the case for Antonio Brown. He, he makes no. for... If this is a if this is the case with Antonio Brown, he just makes us a terrible messenger for this, right? He's an awful messenger. He's an awful communicator. He's he's he whines like he posts like the picture of the the, the screenshot of his conversation with with Doctor Guerrero, and he's like, "See what I'm dealing with." Doctor Guerrero was like the nicest guy to him. He's like, "Yeah, no problem. I'll send you back your money. No problem. I hope everything is all well. How are you?" Like very cordial. You know what I mean? And. And there's he didn't and he's not like he's like oh you know you already paid me so I can't give it back to you he's like yeah, I'll send you your money back no problem and then and he's like see what I'm dealing with what are you dealing with you're dealing with a very nice person a very sympathetic person what do you mean unless there's other messages that we haven't seen and then yeah. we look at the Bruce Arians leaked messages and it's like okay Bruce is a little like okay forget about your injury like put your nose down let's play through it but if you're not it's okay kind of playing on that line of like like we so, need to win let's fucking win but like Bruce AB has. Again. The other side of that too is Bruce Arians. He's been known to push guys too hard. He he fake cut a guy in front of the team when he was with Arizona. Like he's had some issues before as well. He's so weird. Like, yeah, he's different. He's, he's a bit sure. strange, and he's a, you know, look. There's a reason he didn't get a, a full time head coaching job until his mid sixties, right? Like it's not lack of ability. The guy's an excellent coach. We we know that. Yeah. We've known that for years. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a I'm a fan of Arians. I think that he's one of the most progressive coaches too, and I don't think that he mishandled this at all. I think he was just tired of the show. He re- when you're a coach and you prepared for something for seven days, and then all of a sudden one guy on a roster of 53 plus the practice roster is trying to fuck that up by just being a baby on the sideline and not communicating his feelings and not telling you. He's like the whiny kid in the corner going, "Man, look at me yeah. over here. Let me." And then he starts waving to the fans like, "Give me attention." Remember last year when this whole AB. And- was was he was on the road, by the way. He was on the road. <laughs> he, did he forget what city he was in? Yeah. And even last year, like every every Wednesday, it was every Tuesday or Wednesday was when we would record. All of a sudden, AB sending out a tweet and he's talking about, about, about the Raiders and he's talking about the Bills and the Pats and whatever. And it's like he just does things just because he wants attention. He wants people to pity him. He plays the victim when 99% of the time he's wrong. Even if Bruce Arians was an asshole in this situation, there's proof in text messages that AB leaked that he was ready to play. So don't tell me that the team knew about his injury. He was cleared completely. If he wanted a second opinion, he could have gone and got a second opinion. That's that's. I'm, that's I'm, with, I'm with you to a degree. I will say that like being cleared is like none of us have a situation where we're not feeling well, and your boss says, "Well, you, our work doctor says you're okay, so you're coming to work." Like it's a it's a strange yeah, environment, like, right? Like the person benefiting from playing is telling you to play. 
Yeah. I mean, the, um, the closest we got is the CDC telling nurses and doctors to go back to work when they test positive, right? I mean, that's, yeah. that's the closest <laughs> example you have. <laughs> uh, but meanwhile, another situation, when, when we were there's sort of like a clear delineator and a player mentioned uh, issues related to mental health, Calvin Ridley uh, left the Falcons this season. Um, they're talking about um, having sort of a fresh start, both the Falcons and him. Um, Did he leave? Did he leave officially? No, it's 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 been leaked. It was kind of they kind of like slid this in the in the newswire as the whole AB was taking over the the uh, the news flow today. But um, it got leaked this morning or last night, if I'm not mistaken. And um, I, I mean, it makes sense because clearly. Um, I, I would imagine the team wasn't thrilled when he left. You can be as understanding as you want, but you know you still have goals you want to attain. And Calvin Ridley was part of your plan. And like you were saying, Terry is like coaches are control freaks, and they're used to having all their pieces. And Calvin Ridley is a really big piece. And on the other side, Calvin Ridley like the, does the mental health issues stem from being in a workplace that makes you unhappy, right? So, um, and, and similarly, there's not another. There's not a lot of fields where you graduate and you're being told you're going to go work there, right? So that's, it's a different kind of work experience than most people yeah. experience in a lifetime. I'm, I'm curious to see how this plays out because, again, we don't have a lot of examples of, of players leaving in their prime to come back after, after suffering, um, suffering an issue relating to their mental health and mental well-being. I think that Calvin really, he rose his stock so high last year that any team would take him no matter what, like with no questions asked, he can go on any team he wants. So it's, I think it's smart for him to say, listen, I'm done with Atlanta. Atlanta is obviously a sinking ship. They're obviously going to have to rebuild to a certain extent. Like Matt Ryan, obviously he's not the answer anymore and they haven't you drafted it, his replacement. You say Matt Ryan's not the answer, but at the same time, how good is he that that team is not atrocious? That that team oh, is the not fact that they have seven wins? Yeah, like I, I, seven I wins, bro? I was, I, at one point this season... Like maybe two weeks ago, I was like, "Well, Atlanta has like one win, right?" And I looked, I was like, no. five wins already? How did, <laughs> how did this happen?" You know, like they, you know, it's not what he was for sure, but um, definitely like, you know, it, it they're in a sim- similar situation to what you see with teams where, where you know, uh, Joe Montana at the end of his career, you know, San Francisco said, "Well, it's time to move on," and he still has something left in the tank, just not for us. And I yeah. think it, I think Atlanta is going to do the same. I think they're going to clean house completely as well. Yeah, I think they should. I think a rebuild is in order over there. Yeah, I'm curious. Uh, next time I go down to see a game there, which is probably going to be this year, um, I wonder who I'll be seeing because I've only ever seen Matt Ryan throw for Atlanta every time I've gone to see them live. Um, that whole division is like just bad. It's boring. It's not even. It's not even enjoyable football. Yeah, it's like, like missionary position. Down, nothing's interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like they're you know they they they. Uh, they schedule their, their sex as an old couple. They're old couple that schedules their sex. That's Missionary cool. only. Missionary only. Maybe throw in, maybe throw in a doggy style if you're feeling if you if you've had a couple too many uh, Coors Light banquets. You know what I mean? Ooh, yeah, gold can. <laughs> um, the gold can and a couple of blue pills. Um, oh, yeah. Can't go wrong. So for college football, the the the, uh, the semifinals sucked. Georgia walked all over <laughs> Michigan. Alabama destroyed Cincinnati. And I was thinking, you know, they keep wanting to expand the playoffs. And I was like, but why? <laughs> like, Listen, if you can expand the playoffs, Cincinnati's get destroyed? No, but I think if you expand the playoff, I think that at least what happens is, is that 
it creates a different environment when you know you're going in you have one you're one in one out kind of thing but if you sorry let me get back to it. if you expand the playoff you get more teams in you get more money involved now especially with the nil they're gonna have to start paying these players a little bit so you, when you expand the playoff you create something where the thing is is that the, the playoff isn't attainable for 95 percent of the schools only five percent of the schools can actually go to this playoff so they don't all care about it if you expand it and you open it up to regions and stuff like that then people would put more money into recruiting you know what i mean they're gonna have something to play for like florida atlantic isn't putting millions of dollars into recruiting because they know they can't compete with florida state or miami or florida you know what i mean like that, well, that's miami, that's the way see, i see it you see miami this is the first time they've ever put money into recruiting they just they just paid mario cristobal eight million dollars a year just and that's, go get that's whoever they wanted shit. They're they're a team that did it on the cheap. Like they have they're famous yeah. because of the championships, but they caught lightning in a bottle twice. Twice, you know what exactly. I mean? It's they, they hired Jimmy you, Johnson. You go you go after you go after hungry poor kids that want to make money and want to play football the rest yeah. of their life. You go after them, you recruit them, you're going to get the best athletes. Art Schnellenberger, who passed away this year, was the first college football coach to recruit in South Florida, which seems oh, like yeah. insanity because that's where yeah. most football players come from today, right? Yeah, especially there's that area that Antonio Brown comes from. He yeah. it's, it has like the highest uh, uh, first over first round pick per capita in the country. Like there's yeah. more first rounders in this small area of Dade County, Miami-Dade County, than there is in any other region in the country, which is bananas to me. Like I think Willis McGahee's in there. There's a lot of guys in there. Yeah, there's a, there's a ton. There's a ton. Ray Lewis is from around there as well. Um, yeah. The um, Florida's the so, best state for football. Like people talk about Texas, Florida's number one to me. Well, I mean, it's it's Florida, it's Texas, it's Georgia. There, there's there's three or four states where like ninety percent of, of pro football players come from. Yeah. Uh, but so I guess the the point of of expanding the playoffs is like I'm at a point now, Terry. I don't know about you, but I don't care about the other bowl games. They don't mean anything, sure. and. At least it would it would give them some inherent value. Kurt Herbstreit uh, talked about players not playing in these bowl games and instead protecting themselves for the NFL draft, and he kind of got some heat for it. I kind of know where what he was saying, but you know, I, I have very defined feelings about this. We'll, we'll we'll listen to the clip and we'll react to it after. If it if it ever plays, <laughs> classic. Eagle, pay the internet. Eagle, as soon as Kirk Kirk, she started talking, uh, started off because the other guy starts talking and that's not what what we're trying to talk about. Yeah, it's just just the first part of it. What the fuck is going on, man? I don't know. You want me to just just explain what he said? Sure. Yeah, go for it. All right, let's just, let's drop the video. Let's just get the the next video, uh, next thing loaded. Um, He said something effective, and Terry, I know you've heard it. He said something effective. Um, look, uh, players just don't love to play the the way we used to. Uh, they're protecting themselves, Money. but like they, they say, and they say these bowl games don't count. But like they didn't used to count when we played either. But we just wanted to play, and so I will say that players do love to play. I don't think that's changed. I think that they've recognized that this has become a giant economy, and it's become a business. They, why would they sacrifice potential millions of dollars and drop in the draft for a game that ostensibly doesn't mean anything to their careers? I, I got I don't, this is, and this is the like, problem the that we're going to hate with the whole NIL thing is that it's regardless, like we're, we're going to take away the entire money, education him. system from this whole student athlete thing. Oh, but it's because been gone. But Terry, that's been gone for years. It's been gone now for a long time. Now it's just out in the open. 
there's some there's most like, leagues on each like the thing is is that no, they're like, at least kids are getting paid for it the thing is on each team is that you you have like 10 players who don't need that education you know what i mean but the the rest of those guys they need that education so it's kind of going it's going to create go ahead sorry oh. it's just cutting on my end so i don't know when you're when yeah you're i know it's weird it's going to create this whole it's going to create a, a completely different um um, how can I say this? It's going to create a completely different world. Like it's not going to be student athletes anymore. It's going to be players getting paid. And I think it's, I think you posted it, but it's like Gene Chizik's, um, his comments too. He's not wrong. I, I see him as a very like constipated human, but he's not wrong that it, it oh, could create, he could, no, it could create, it could create the worst human of all time. Well, first of all, uh, money not has just... never made people better. They're, they're, they're not, first of all, they're not, um, they're not his thoughts. They're his words of chisdom as yes. he, uh, as he hashtags words of chisdom at the end of his thoughts. Uh, Eagle, can you bring it up? I'll read it and I'll tell you, I'll tell you why I think he's wrong. And it's, it's just because he's completely short-sighted. I can't read it. Eagle's too small on my screen. Can you read it for it me? Says, Every scholarship offensive lineman at UT will get $50,000 a year with new NIL deal. Not to mention a $200,000 education. Americans struggle finding $50,000 jobs to feed their children. Next, it's $100,000 players with no end in sight. Flawed system with four exclamation marks. Most cash cash uh, dollar symbols wins exclamation mark. Hashtag words of chisdom. That's the problem that we might fall into. And that's where I agree is that the, the teams with the most money are going to end up getting the best recruits, okay? But then we look at but the example. The but why not just cap uh, the team budget? Not, not necessarily because it's not, it's not socially acceptable until now. Like, but, it's so, socially so acceptable now to give a five-star recruit $150,000 a year at 18 years old. You know what I mean? Like it's social. It's acceptable now. T- and that's Terry, I think I think the difference is if you're a school that's going to spend a ton of money on recruiting, you're basically giving them an NFL contract in a lot of ways, depending on what school you are, right? So Definitely. what's the difference in terms of giving them a wage while they're actually earning you income? Then don't don't make them go to class then. Oh, because I agree with that. Just, yeah, because I, at that point, I think, it, I, think it, I think you should pay for their education. Athlete. I think you should pay for their education, but they should take it whenever they want. Like if they want yeah. to come back to school after their NFL careers in ten years, you should still pay for their education because they made you millions of dollars. And my problem with Gene Chizik is he was paid two point four million dollars to not coach. That was his buyout. It was two point four million dollars, and he says, "Well, you know, people struggle to find fifty thousand dollars a year to feed their families." Bro, how do you? How can you say that after you got paid two point four million dollars to stay home? It, also, it, not only to stay home, but you got paid millions of dollars to coach those kids that you feel don't deserve the money when they made you, they made the career that you created. If it wasn't for I, those kids getting paid pennies, you wouldn't have never been able to make those millions. I think I, I agree with that, and 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 all of the bulk of those millions came from the fact that you didn't have to pay the labor, that they did the work and you profited from it completely, as did everyone else in the system. I'm with I'm with players making money for that reason because they generate income. There's not another place in the world where the workers generate income and then don't earn a salary every yeah. other time that's always been called slavery i don't mean to, to conflate the two but it's there's not another economic system that exists where this is possible the other thing um the way i see it terry is i think we need to just abandon the like, let's let's stop pretending this is about regional rivalries and all that you make instead of the sec you take the top 16 programs that's triple a ball the next 30 programs are double A ball and then single A. 
And your best players go to AAA, your second best players go to AA, your third best players go to A, and then you have Division Two and whatever else. And just make it a business. Just do what they do in Europe with soccer. Kids get recruited to play. They get paid to play. They get they can make money off their names. They can do whatever they want. And the best ones make the pros. The, the, the ones who don't can then later go to college and make the best of their opportunity. I just don't – I don't know. I, I see it as work. It's – there's going to be really big growing pains. The fact oh, yeah, that kids, yeah. it's going to be kids, eight, seventeen, year, eighteen-year-old kids are going to be making six-figure salaries by themselves. Their parents aren't there. Free for all. Like, it, there's going to be growing pains this year, and it's going to be ugly for uh, for a few people. I think it, it's going to take some time to figure out how it all works. Yeah, but you know, like. I mean, in the end, Terry, like 21-year-old kids are getting signed to the NFL and making millions of dollars and being expected to yeah. be able to do, right? Yeah. Just don't but that's, what I was telling, that's what but I was telling my girlfriend before, about Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons, before, though, couldn't have a bit of an agents, ad. couldn't have financial advisors. They actually have the money now to hire the people to help them with this. And, of course, we're going to see them taken advantage of in some cases. And hopefully that, that changes uh, through time. But here's the thing. Um, I was watching a bowl game. I couldn't even tell you what bowl game it was. And I... They kept cutting to Mike Golick Jr. It was um, it was brought to you by Duke's Mayonnaise. It was the Duke's Mayonnaise Whatever Bowl. And he just kept doing, essentially, a three-hour ad for mayonnaise. Because that's what college football has become. It's a three-hour ad for the sponsor. And I like, again, just stripping away the veil. Stop pretending it's about anything else. It's about selling Duke's Mayonnaise. Eagle, bring up the clip. You came up with ideas, unconventional foods that work with mayonnaise. We're we're starting with what? Cream-filled cookies here. You first. Take a dip. It's a really interesting blend of flavors. Thumbs up for me. Oh, Anish. We're going to need someone up here to call this next drive. He's not doing well. I've seen that face. What the fuck is wrong with this guy? (laughs) Um, I, they again, not I consider like it, I doing like... a mayonnaise? I mean, it's already been documented. It's clearly the best way to eat mayonnaise. There was like 40 of them. Eagle, every time they cut up to the booth, he was eating something with mayonnaise. Like he just turned it into – he turned his own broadcast into an infomercial. And again, we I love – We get how... sponsored by Dukes. It's, it's the most obvious thing. Like this is what it is. Let's stop pretending it's something else. Let's – and and I, I personally loved it. I, I was tuning in. I couldn't even tell you what the score in the game was, Terry. I was only paying attention my, when he was buddy, eating something with mayonnaise. My buddy played in the Meineke Car Care Bowl. Like, what do you think that's about? <laughs> well, car care is self-care. <laughs> sure. Why not? <laughs> um, Big Ben played his final game in uh, in Pittsburgh. It was, it, it was actually a little sad to watch him play. To... to Take 45 uh, attempts to throw 150 yards. I was so bored. I just I only watched it because it was last game, and I was falling asleep, man. It was. It. He he used to be one of the most exciting players to watch in the NFL, and his body is just broken. Yeah, I mean, it was tough to watch because I was like, okay, this is gonna be a good game, and he played decently well, but you can tell that that's his ceiling now. You know, like he's not gonna be able to throw for 300 anymore. He doesn't have the receiving core like Chase Claypool and. And Washington and freaking um, and Deontay uh, Juju. What? Deontay Johnson's a really good receiver. He is, but like he's not. He's not Antonio Brown. He's not Heinz Ward. He's not 
Like he's not like the beast receivers that they used to have. You know what I mean? And they're good receivers. I, I like Chase Claypool too. I, I think he's a good he's two. Making three. them look worse because he can't throw the ball downfield. And Chase Claypool, like I know he's had his his moments, but if you look at a lot of the plays, a lot, a lot of his targets, they're behind him. They're a little bit too far, a little to his feet. Like he's ha- he has it's to make crazy catches. plays. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, he has to make crazy plays. Absolutely. And Big Ben, I mean, it, we don't. I don't think Big Ben wants to see himself play like this. And I think that that's why he's kind of he's flirting with the idea of retirement, is so he can see how he feels about it. Uh, but I don't think that he's going to be back ever again. I think he's done after this year. For, and for it me, sucks. the hardest like, part about watching that game was seeing Baker Mayfield just get abused by the defensive line of the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think he got sacked what, ten times and like zero chances on some plays. Like straight up, like offensive linemen just missed their blocks and he's on the floor within two seconds. TJ TJ Watt was in his kitchen, man. He was just there. He just existed in Baker's head. And Baker's the type of guy where I think that the only time he doesn't get flustered is during the game, and he got flustered during that game. Like we he's, know Baker as the in the media he gets annoyed and stuff like that, but in the game he's got like big balls and tough skin. And when this, this is the first time I saw nine times in a game though. I mean that this doesn't happen. Yeah, it's it's rough. And and the thing is, like with the way Baker's been getting hit, I kind of see he's gonna age like Ben Roethlisberger. Like, was he looking into his future, <laughs> seeing the body cat, the walking body cast that is Ben Roethlisberger, and being like, yeah, wait. I, that's gonna be me. I'm gonna have liquid ass bones when I'm Ben's age. You know, it, Baker. It looks terrible. The, the irony that the Browns sacked Justin Fields this year for nine sacks in their game. So just karma's a bitch, I guess? Question mark. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Baker is. He's not gonna last as long as Ben. He's he gets hit too hard. Yeah, unless they dr- drastically change what they do with him. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's uh, it's tough. It's tough to watch. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Eagle, your beloved Aaron Rodgers had a comment about a um, a journalist who took a stand about the vaccine status. Of course, this journalist is in Chicago, probably Loser. hates Aaron Rodgers anyway, um, and said that he, sh- he shouldn't be MVP. And this was Aaron Rodgers' response. Last week about what it would mean to win your fourth MVP, what, what do you think of one of the 50 voters coming out and saying yesterday, quote, I don't think you can be the biggest jerk in the league and punish your team and your organization and your fan base the way he did and be the MVP. I think he's a bad guy, and I don't think a bad guy can be the MVP at the same time. I think he's a bum. I think he's an absolute bum. You didn't know I don't know who he is. No one knew who he was probably until yesterday's comments. But, I mean, to and I listened to the comments, but to say he had his mind made up in the summertime, in the off season that, you know, I had zero chance of winning MVP. In my opinion, should exclude, you know, future, future votes. Um, you know, his problem isn't with me being a bad guy or the biggest jerk in the league. Cause he doesn't know me. He doesn't know me. He doesn't know anything about me. I mean, I've never met him. I've never had lunch with him. I've never had an interview with him. Um, his problem is I'm not vaccinated, you know? So if he wants to go on a crusade, and collude and come up with an, an extra letter to put on the award just for this season and make it the most valuable vaccinated player, then he should do that. But he's a bum and I'm not going to waste any time worrying about that stuff. He has no idea who I am. He's never, never this is, this is time. why Aaron Rodgers is it's right. unfortunate that those, those, I mean, he's right about this, about everything. He's not every, no one's well, right about not every, not every, he's not a single person <laughs> about everything. Not everything, but he's right that he this guy right made. He, he wasn't right when he didn't follow protocols. He's yeah, right now because 
Who gives a shit? Like, hey, here's the thing. MVPs only really matter to the players. Here's my proof. Eagle, who was the MVP last season? Aaron Rodgers. Maybe. I don't know. I can't tell you. I don't care. No, it was, MVP. yeah. <laughs> so the thing is, Aaron Rodgers is that. I'm the wrong person to ask because I would obviously know the answer to that. Okay, who was the MVP two years ago? Uh, Tom Brady, I think. Probably, probably Mahomes. Mahomes. Oh, it was Mahomes. Right? Uh, was it Lamar? Was it Lamar Jackson or Mahomes? I don't know. I, I never I think know. It was Ma- I think it was Mahomes. But anyway, yeah, it was Lamar Holmes because, yeah, then he, he won the Super Bowl. And Lamar Jackson was here before that. I weirdly remember Lamar Jackson's MVP here. Anyway, so Aaron Rodgers, like this guy makes Lamar his decision. Lamar Jackson was 2019, actually, and 2018 oh. was Mahomes. There we oh. go. There we go. Proof and 2017 was Brady and Ryan? How? No, it's, it's Brady. Never mind. Okay. Yeah, Brady was before that. That was the Brady was the year that they lost. They the year after they um, the Pats lost to the Eagles, and the year that they won Super Bowl against the Falcons. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, Yeah, so Aaron Rodgers, he's not wrong. I mean, listen, he at the end of the day, the guy makes his decision. It only matters to the players, and you're right. And this can give this can be a couple million dollars in negotiation. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the fact that there's there's a guy out there who's un Who's who's biasly making his his decision should not have a vote, and if he has a vote next year, then the problem is 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 ridiculous. Like the it's, problem it's, hasn't been solved, and they need to solve it. It's the equivalent to me of like people keeping Barry Bonds off the ballot, but you're okay yeah. t- with Ty Cobb, who we think yeah. murdered people, is yeah. in the is in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Like it, it's it's so arbitrary. You know, like you you either reward the play on the field or you make it about the best people in the league. Like it's yeah, it exactly. can't be. Both things. It's it's most valuable player. It's not person who I most agree with their morals. You know, it's it's, it's and, MVP. Uh, and we had this we had this discussion with Alex the intern and Aaron Rodgers. He's probably going to win the MVP. Either him or Jonathan Taylor. We you can't look at Aaron Rodgers this year and say he's not the MVP, no matter if he's vaccinated or not. He's the best player that plays for the NFL this year. And the fact that that guy is going to be an asshole and not vote for him based on something that happened before the season started, he should lose his vote completely. I one think that will kind of side with Rodgers here is that he actually missed a game, right? So everyone's saying, like, oh, his stats aren't as good as some of the other people, even though they actually are. He actually didn't play a game because he had to sit out because of the protocol, which actually, in a way, hurts his chances of winning it. Cool. Yeah. Look at that. I'd say, I'd say Derek Henry should get consideration just because he's still sixth in rushing. The guy hasn't played since like before Canadian Thanksgiving. And no, Derek Henry. Okay, yeah. At one point, the league Derek, at one point the season, he was first in yards and second. His yards per contact was second yards in the league. Second total yards was his yards after contact, which is that's insa- that's insanity. No, um, he's, a, he's a freak. There's nobody ever that's been like him. We got one one. I guess we'll go red and rapid fire because we're running out of time. It just sucks that I want to make fun of Joe Judge. Do it. We'll find a, you know what, Terry? I'll write an article. Because I want to make fun of Joe Judge. Okay, cool. Go I'm going to start writing again just so I can make fun of Joe Judge. I'll do that tomorrow. Go for it. All right. Let's before go we get into Rapid Fire, do you want to tell us about who currently sponsors our Rapid Fire segment? Yeah, Rapid Fire is always brought to you, as usual, brought to you by Hot Streak Fantasy. Hot Streak Fantasy. Visit uh, Hot Streak Fantasy on iOS. Use the promo code Hot Sauce. Don't match your initial deposit as a bonus. It's the best in-play fantasy app on the market. Um, you put a thousand bucks, they'll give you a thousand dollars. That's basically how it works. You go in, you make quick bets in the middle of the game. You can even make bets. Um, you can make future bets for the game. You can say Steph Curry's going to get over three, th- uh, three three-pointers. You can add that up with uh, Joel Embiid getting five 
blocks, you can add that all together to win money. Hot Streak Fantasy, use the promo code Hot Sauce, and they'll match your initial deposit as a bonus. It's free money. You support them. They support us. Hot Streak Fantasy. All right. We're going to start with our first rapid fire. P's and doing them out of order if you're following. She's all uh-huh. that. The Montreal Canadiens have hired Chantal Maccabé uh, as the new vice president of communications after, I think, a 25-year career at uh, Réseau des Spots, one of the French-Canadian uh, broadcasters for the Canadians as well as sports here in Quebec. Thoughts? Um, congrats on Chantal. I mean, she's been around for, like, ever. Yeah. She's she's ancient. Like that's how long she's been around for. And she's ancient, but somehow she's still so young and I'm happy. Like, yeah. I figured she like, if you were me... like 16 as like an intern, at RDS. yeah, it's like, if you ask me how old is Chantal back in May, I'd be, be like 107 probably because I feel like she's been around forever. We've known like, her since just... like we were kids, but she's like our age. Like, yeah, known her since we were kids and she was a kid. Clearly <laughs> she was a kid. Yeah. She was 12 when we were you know? 12. And she's now she's the, the what is it the VP of communications? VP yeah, communications. exactly. Yeah. So it's good for her. It's honestly it's a perfect job for her. They were looking to to get a woman into the front office. It's fantastic. I love it. And we said we said the only way that a woman will ever become uh, a GM is to have women in the front office doing other jobs. This is a great example. Um, hockey has been behind the eight ball when it comes to inclusion. Um, super happy to see it, and super happy that it's in our city, that our team, that Montreal Canadiens were the team to do it. Um, it's it's cool to see. Also, yeah. it's not a token pick. She's extremely qualified. Yeah. Right. Well, that's yeah, the yeah. That's, that's, that that's the thing is nobody's second guessing this at all. But that's the thing is like it only works if if you hire uh, people who are the best for the job and it's not a token and and that's the case for her. All right. Speaking of token dish and one, LeBron James had a moment go viral after making a bucket, uh, bucket if I could say words. Throw it up with that left, LeBron. That's power. That's strength. Absorb the contact. I'm a motherfucking problem, bitch. So that's um. Hey, listen, it's not. I'm not going to say that he stole it from the spider, but Kamara Usman has been saying this for a long time. Um, it's I'm not he's LeBron also, James any credit for this. He's also friends with a lot of the USC fighters, so it might have been like as a tribute. Um, be. I think I hope so. I but like that's the kind of that you know we LeBron gets criticized a lot, and you and I, Terry, are both fans. I think that's the LeBron we all fell in love with, right? Like the the one yeah. who's expressive on the court, who who ha- is having a good time. The problem is. They won that game by like four points against the Sacramento Kings. The Lakers are no good. I'm so sorry, LeBron. I want you another championship, but man, it's not gonna happen. Yeah, the like, Lakers, such a bad team. I didn't watch that game, but I, when I saw the highlight, I'm like, oh, who are they playing against? So I was, I thought the Warriors, the Heat, you know, like a good oh, team. The Kings. Kings. Nobody. I was basically. watching that game live. I, I don't. <laughs> what's wrong with me? I don't know why I'm watching Lakers Kings. It's because of hot streak. I love it. Uh, the makes me do stupid things. The big hurts. Alika surfaced that the Washington football team will be known as the Admirals, and uh, this has uh, basically come along with an announcement that they're going to uh, unveil the official name and likely look and logo and the whole stuff on February second. Um, a lot of people are saying though this is currently being brought up, leaked, etc., to distract from the fact that uh, the field started to collapse and almost uh, hurt Jalen Hurts. Uh, this incident, as we can watch. So dangerous. I love how they all get up, take selfies. You know what I mean? I feel like the cameraman, though. 
Yeah. There's a cameraman directly under, and no one's talking about him. Yeah, he's dead. The camera guy died. Also, so what? uh, what's not shown in this video is the fence was repaired with tie wraps. Yeah. Only well, thing you that works. You can use tie wraps uh, to anything. That's what yeah. I'm concerned. If you put enough tie wraps, you can hold anything in place. Tie wraps are like the 21st century duct tape. Yeah, pretty much. So the uh, the one thing I will say is Washington has to have the worst PR team. When they were initially looking to announce the name, they didn't buy the domain, the domains, and other people bought them up. That's why they were still the football team for an extra year. Um, they they announced stuff at the same time as the uh, investigation was going on. It's like all of their moves are the most obvious thing. It's like, well, we almost killed the quarterback. Let's pick a name. <laughs> Not just kill a quarterback, kill a quarterback in a rival division who just smoked your team. Yeah. Okay, can I can I intro the last rapid fire? Let's yes. do it. So if you're going to be dumb and you're going to fly to Mexico with a bunch of people and hide your, your, your disease that we've shut down the entire world for, basically, by putting Vaseline in your nose. If you're going to go to those lengths to do that, then you shouldn't be allowed to have rights. So the rights rights should be something like um, uh, living. So you shouldn't be alive so if you're firstly, if you're going to be wait, an wait, idiot. I, 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 have two, I have so many things going on. First, why couldn't you say this after Eagle said the topic? Secondly, <laughs> why are you advocating for death? Thirdly, Eagle read the topic. <laughs> All right. So, tequi- just another tequila sunwing. Montreal passengers uh, and Quebec Instagram basically or socialites, if you want to call it that. Face potential Losers. jail time, flight bans, and thousands of fines uh, after partying on their flights to Mexico, violating several pandemic measures, including flight, regu- flight regulations, which have nothing to do with the pandemic itself. And we get to watch them do so. I love how there was a couple girls that went online and like, oh, yeah, we weren't there. We were sleeping, yada, yada, yada. And then pictures, bang, 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 leaked of them like partying, getting hammered. I think that was one of them. There's even one okay. girl, like, they, they have, like, a, a Discord group chat that was leaked and how they're saying how they're going to scam the system by putting Vaseline in their nose when they get tested for COVID. Like, look at all these idiots. I don't mind that they took a private plane and they went to Mexico as friends. I don't give a shit about that. It doesn't bother me. Do whatever you want as long as you're within the guidelines that we set. At the end of the day, if you're going to go as far as to fake the fact that you don't have COVID and risk other people that might not be able to defend themselves against the virus – because you're a fucking moron, then you're a fucking moron, and you should yeah. lose every single follower that you've gained in the last couple months, in the last a friend, year. A, a close friend of our of ours, uh, my wife and I, is a doctor in uh, in Mexico, and like they don't have the same kind of supplies we have here. And the fact that you could be risking other people, where you know, other countries don't have the same access to healthcare that we have here. Like literally, we've sent her masks. She's a doctor. We've sent her masks that we've bought. Because um, they don't, ha- not all the doctors have access to masks throughout the country. Um, the thing, the other part of this though, Terry, is when I saw this plane, I saw myself totally as being the guy who's like, "Yeah, sure, I'll come along," not knowing what was going on. You know, um, take some CBD, get on the flight, and then as I'm trying to fall asleep, these assholes don't shut the fuck up for the entire ride. I'd lose my mind. I need to fall asleep before the plane takes off. That's my goal every flight. They ruined everything. No, I'm a reader. I'm a reader. I'm gonna I'm gonna take thirty seconds here, Pease. Um, you do have some experience with the transportation industry. Yeah. If you're the pilot, if you're the flight attendants, aren't you like 
telling them to not to do this shit, even if it's a, a private charter flight, and if they don't listen to you, you ground it and call the marshals. Like, it, yes, obviously these kids are idiots, but the flights no, themselves bear responsibility for not enforcing regulation. So there's no marshals for a couple reasons. One, it's a flight leaving from Canada. Secondly, it's a private plane. Uh, pilots I mean, aren't if, supposed. If they don't to... feel safe, they can ground the plane. They can find. You're correct. After 9/11, uh, pilots were asked to never leave um, the cockpit during a flight. So that's why they didn't come out to. But you're right. I, I'm surprised the flight got to Cancun. There must be some measures that they they're allowed to come out because like. It was. It's ridiculous what they like. They're told not that to plane. They're jumping up. Have you ever seen the last of episode of Seinfeld? Right? What? Just because of the risk of hijacking, right? Like, because yeah, exactly. if you come out and and you and you die, like like we saw in, in the the flight that was uh, crash landed uh, by by uh, the people on the plane uh, during nine eleven. Um, once the pilot dies, there's nobody who can land the plane, right? So that's why they're not supposed to. Um, if, I was. If I actually, has taught us anything, it's that you shouldn't jump on a plane. That's true, for other reasons other than Seinfeld. But I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad that my um, my years of service in the regulatory body in the airline industry is equivalent of an episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> so that, that and that's gonna end their show. <laughs> one for one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, had I known I could just watch more Seinfeld, I would have done that. Uh, Terry, thank you for everything. Uh, Eagle, thanks for putting on a great show today. I know you're, it's an extra struggle when we have a new graphics package and um, and the internet's and not remotes, helping you out. And the internet. And we're all remote. Uh, but thank you for everything you've done. Uh, we're going to try and get back to the studio to do a more regular show for you guys. Uh, but of course, you know, for those who are local listeners and watchers, you know that we're undergoing these measures. And for those who, don't, who aren't, we got measures in place. So uh, we're dealing with that as, uh, as we can. Uh, but thank you for your patience. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And most of all, thank you for letting me be myself. You've been listening to Hot Sauce Sports. Hot Sauce Sports.